This is our fourth week looking at who is Jesus, and John is just kind of going through and showing us different snapshots and different stories and different teachings and different things that Jesus has done and said, and to help us see, hey, look, look who this guy is, look who he is, because I want you to know him like I knew him. And uh, when, I, when I prepare sermons, it's kind of funny because a lot of times during that same week, there will be something that happens that, you know, it's probably, you know, it's something happens that just kind of triggers a thought about what, what it is that we're looking at. And, uh, and so, um, let's see, do you guys know where Golden is? Um, yeah, <laughs> we got a shout out for Golden. So um, Golden's great. Um, I don't normally go there because there's nothing really over there other than the Coors Factory, but... What is over there is this. So I, I was, um, I love coffee shops that have a view of the mountains, okay? But that doesn't really exist in Denver, unfortunately, which is weird because we're surrounded by mountains and yet there's nowhere to really get a coffee shop with a view of the mountains. If you know one, tell me, and I'll, I mean, other than in, you know, the actual mountains, but in the Denver metro area, you can't get that. The best view of the mountains is on like driving on I-70. So if you could get, I mean, just, I could pull out my chair and sit there and, and drink my coffee, but that's a little distracting. Um, so I just started driving um, and like looking at my phone at the same time, which isn't good because I'm glad I didn't hurt anybody. But I was just, I just put coffee shops in there and was driving to see, man, where can there maybe be a coffee shop that's near a mountain uh, that I can get a view of a mountain? I ended up at this place in Golden Cafe 13, okay? And it, if you've ever been there, it's a nice little coffee shop that got good quiche, okay? And a big window with a view of the mountains. And it's great. It's exactly what I was hoping to get. Okay, so anyways, this is what happens. So I go there, thought it was great. Then uh, the next weekend, last weekend, went there with my wife. And so we're there, and I'm starting, and I'm kind of thinking about the sermon for this Sunday. And uh, we're there, and I overhear a conversation, and... Um, this guy is talking to somebody and he says that he left the East Coast. I think, I think it was Boston. He left the East Coast. He left Boston and um, wanted to get away from just all the hustle and bustle and all the just getting ahead and get the next, make the next dollar and do the next best thing and get to the top of your career. He just wanted to get away from that and get somewhere where you could come to and just experience a quality of life where everyone wasn't all about that drive and that, that just kind of hustle and bustle whatever bustle is, okay? So he wanted to get away from that. Um, and he said that that's why he came to Denver. Because in Denver, the, and that there's just a culture here of people are not here for that. They're here for that quality. They're here for that fulfillment. They're here for just that satisfaction in life. And if, if this is especially true, I know many of you, like me, are a transplant from somewhere else. And that's a reason a lot of people move here to Denver is for that very reason. It's one of the things I love about Denver, I think that's something that every heart is searching for. I think that's something that every heart is wanting is that fulfillment and that satisfaction and finding some way to kind of get away from all of the commotion and clamor. I think everyone's looking for that, but especially so in Denver, I believe that that's true. And it's one of the great things about our city. It's one of the great things about our city. But here's what happens. What happens is people come here looking for that, finding that, and then it kind of doesn't last all the time. And so people wonder, man, is there a way to have more in life? Is there, a way to, is there a way to have that depth of satisfaction and fulfillment and meaning and just quality of life that I'm looking for? Is there a way to actually have that? Or is it just kind of an elusive thing that can't actually be had? 
So I think Denver has this draw for many people, and I think in life we just have this desire, but especially here in Denver, to get away from things and be able to just have a quality of life, a fulfillment, a satisfaction, because we wonder and we hope, is there something more that can be had in life? Is there something more that can be had in life than just going through life, going through the motions, or getting involved in the rat race of, of the, you know, just the commotion that people get away from? Is there something more that we can have? I think that's a lot of what we wonder. And here's what John says. John says that we can have it. John says that there is something more to life. John says that we can find that fulfillment and that quality and that satisfaction that we're looking for. John says we can have it, and he thinks we should look to Jesus for that, okay? And so we're going to look at chapter 4 today, where John gives us a story of Jesus talking with someone that's looking for this very thing. And the first question we're going to look at is this, why should we come to Jesus? Why should we come to him? If, we're, if we all are looking for that, if we're all looking for that quality of life, that fulfillment, that satisfaction, why should we come to Jesus for that? Why him? Because there's a lot of great places to look for it, right? So why should we look to Jesus for that? Let me pray, actually. Um, I'm just going to pray because I, I think this is an important word for all of us, and, um, and it, I know it is for me, and I just want to kind of pray for our time and ask that our hearts uh, would be set to hear from God. Father, as we open up this uh, passage and we look at what John tells us about a story of Jesus talking with this woman, I ask that you would make this helpful for us, I ask that you would open our hearts and open our minds and allow, allow us to see what you want us to see tonight. Let me pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so why should we come to Jesus for that pursuit that we are looking for? And here's, here's what John says. John 4, if you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you. You can have that or you can just pop it into your phone. And here's what he says. Now when Jesus learned, and this is kind of referencing what we looked at uh, last week, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees has heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, that's John, the, the guy that was baptizing, not John the author, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. So he's on his way to his hometown, actually, Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. Okay, so Jesus is on his way to Galilee, and he stops at a well. It was about the sixth hour, that's noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And that's not like mean, he's just saying, could you get me a drink? For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. See, the, the Samaritans, uh, the kingdom of Israel had split and had broken up, and the Samaritans had become this kind of half Jew, half uh, from other nations coming in there. They had intermarried with people. They had kind of a mixed religion. They sort of believed some of the things that the Jewish people believed. They built their own temple, and the Jews hated them. The Jews did not like Samaritans at all, and Samaritans did not like Jews at all. Many, many Jewish people wouldn't even want to talk to a Samaritan, and especially a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman would have been very, very taboo. So that's why she says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, 
if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here's the first thing. Why should we come to Jesus? Why should we come to Jesus? And, and here's what John is saying. If, I mean, just imagine, imagine for yourself if, uh, let's say you, and maybe this is true, maybe you don't have to imagine very hard, let's say you have financial difficulty. Okay? And maybe you're at a party or you're at some friend's house and there's a gathering of people and you're, and you're talking with someone and, and you're kind of just talking about finances and you're talking about your financial difficulty a little bit and you're kind of explaining and you don't realize that the person you're talking to is actually a financial advisor or some sort of financial guru. Maybe it's Dave Ramsey for those of you that know who he is. And you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that you're someone that actually knows about this kind of thing. And what do you do if that's the case? You shut up and you start listening to whatever they have to say, right? You start to ask them questions. Hey, tell me, forget everything I said about finances and my opinions, talk to me about it. Or maybe it's marriage, you know, maybe you're having marriage difficulty or you're thinking about getting married and you're talking with someone and then you realize it's some best-selling marriage author or marriage expert or marriage guru and and you start, you, you go, wait a minute, you're an authority on this. There's something I have a desire for in my life that I'm missing and you're an authority on this. I'm going to listen to what you have to say, Right? Or maybe if you've got a building project and you're maybe thinking about building a fence and you start talking to someone and you realize it's Donald Trump, the, the expert at building walls. And you go, maybe I should listen to what you have to say. Okay, and maybe, maybe not in that, okay? So, um, hey, that's not political. It's just a joke. So, um, so this is what John is saying. John is saying he's talking with this Samaritan woman and he says, Jesus says to her, if you knew who you were talking to, If you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked me for a drink. And Jesus is always kind of talking in metaphors. He doesn't mean if you would have asked me, I'm actually an expert at getting water out of the well. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about a spiritual water. We'll get into it. But he's saying this, we all respect authorities. Why why should we come to Jesus? We all respect authorities. And when there's lack in our life in some area, when there's a need in our life in some area, we like to go to those people that have an authority on it, right? When we experience, man, I've got some sort of something missing. and And if I could talk to an authority on this, they would be able to help me out. Now, here's the thing. What if, what if that desire in our heart for fulfillment and for satisfaction and for quality of life, and for joy? What what if that desire in our heart is not an accident? What if that's something that is actually built into us, that's supposed to be there? There's an author, uh, many of you know, C.S. Lewis. He was a professor at Oxford, and then a best-selling author, um, wrote Chronicles of Narnia, and other great books. And in in one of his books, uh, Mere Christianity, He says, creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exist. So he says that when you you look at the world, every creature has some desires, but no creature has a desire for something that doesn't exist. If a duck has a desire to go swim, there must be such a thing as water. If, If a baby has a desire for milk, there must be such a thing as milk. If a human male or female has a desire for sex, there must be such a thing as sex. And C.S. Lewis says this, but what if we have a desire for something that nothing in this world can actually fulfill? What if we have a desire for something that nothing 
in this world could ever actually fulfill, then maybe what it means is we're made for a world that isn't this world. And so here, here, here's what John is helping us to see. That what if there's somebody that is not just an expert on finances or marriage or wall building or whatever it might be, What if there's someone that's an expert on life itself because he's actually the one that put the desires into us for that life? What if there's somebody that is an authority? What if there's somebody that's an authority not just on how you should do relationships or do parenting or do marriage or think about career, not just someone, but somebody that is an authority on the fulfillment and the joy and the satisfaction that we desire? What if there's someone that's an expert on that? What if there's someone that's an authority on that? And John says that this is Jesus, which is why Jesus says to the woman, if you knew who you were talking to, if you knew, and she doesn't have any clue yet at this moment what he's saying. I mean, it seems kind of abrupt, right? Jesus says, hey, can I have a glass of water? And she's like, why are you talking to me? If you knew who I was, you would have asked me for water if you knew who I was. So why should we come to Jesus? And here's the first thing. If if that's a pursuit that we have in our hearts, if we long for that fulfillment and that satisfaction, why should we come to him? Here's the first thing. Because he is the authority. He's the one that actually put those desires inside of us to begin with. And if you're not a Christian, and and, I know that we have many people that come and check things out, and that's great. We, We love having you here. But if you believe in God... And many people believe in God, just not sure what they think about Jesus or Christianity. If you believe in God, doesn't it make sense that he would be the authority on life and fulfillment and satisfaction? And that maybe we should, maybe we should investigate what he has to say about those things? Because we all have those pursuits and those thoughts and those desires in us. Maybe those aren't an accident, like C.S. Lewis says. Maybe they're built inside of us because... There's an author that put them there, and maybe he's the authority. Second thing is this. So maybe we should come to him because he's the authority, but why is coming to him any better than the other places that we could go to? Why would coming to him be better than all the other different things that we could look at? Because there's a lot of different things, right? And here's the next part of the story. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. See, she still doesn't really get what Jesus is talking about. Where do you get that living water? I think she's being a little sarcastic and sassy here. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So why is coming to him better? Why is coming to him better? And here's what Jesus says. Every other water, every other source of fulfillment and satisfaction that we go to, what happens? It runs out. Jesus says to her, anyone that drinks of this water, you're going to be thirsty again. Anyone that drinks of this water, you're going to be thirsty again. But I have a water that's better than that. And here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. In life, there are so many things that offer to us 
satisfaction and fulfillment and quality of life, right? So many great things out there. So many things offer it, but they never quite deliver. They never quite fulfill. So, you know, it it might be um, the mountains. You know, I love the mountains. I love to ski. But I can tell you this, that initial longing and desire for, man, if I get to the mountains, it's going to be awesome. It never quite delivers. Never quite lives up to it. There's, I, I love steak. Okay, sorry if you're a vegetarian. Not because I like it, but sorry if you're a vegetarian. Um, unless it's for good, humane, ethical reasons, then I'm proud of you. Um, but I like like, you know, raw, basically mooing, like, meat gusher steak, okay? And I think about it. I think about it. I mean, I don't mean, like, regularly, but I mean that semi-regular. No, I mean that, uh, I mean, uh, like, we, we might, my wife and I might go, hey, we're going to go to this restaurant. Uh, there's a new restaurant opened in Denver recently, I think, uh, last year, called Garden Grace, and they have a steak flight, so you can try three different kinds of steak, which is great. Um, what's better than one steak, three steaks? And I, I think about it, right? And the first bite is amazing. And the second bite is pretty good. But then you get to the fourth bite, it's good, but it just, it never quite fulfills that initial longing. C.S. Lewis in the same section that we were talking about talks about this where we have these longings and these desires for something, whatever it might be, the mountains or marriage or a relationship or travel or to study some subject or something. And the initial longing is great, but the actual thing never quite lives up to it. It never quite fulfills, like what Jesus says. It runs out. It doesn't quite last. There's something about it that just can't be grasped. I think anyone that's lived has felt this, that we have longings for things, we have desires for things, we envision them, we hope for them, and then you actually get to the place that you're going to travel to, and it doesn't quite live up. You, you, finally, you finally get that relationship, and it doesn't quite fulfill. I mean, this is, this is what happens over and over and over and over again. This is what Jesus says. Anyone who drinks of this water is going to be thirsty again. You're going to have to go and you're going to have to drink again and again and again. I, I was reading this week um, um, a great illustration of this that kind of has to do with the club scene. And I'm not um, talking about like the YMCA, but like the, you know, like the boom, boom, boom club scene. Okay, some of you more familiar with that than others. Um, you know who you are. Okay, that's great. Um, so some of you maybe don't even know yet what I'm talking about. Boom, boom, a club, like giants with clubs, or what are you talking about? So I was reading about this in Vice, which is, a, some of you know, online um, magazine, basically, and just uh, lots of great articles on there. Not a Christian uh, website by any um, stretch of the imagination. And um, they were talking about this idea. They were talking about this idea. That when you go to the club or you go to some festival, and a lot of the music you know, nowadays has this, there's this big, big, big buildup, and then the beat drops, right? So I'm just going to, in case you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never been to a club. Let's just get our club mind on for a second, okay? So here's, um, here's this. Build up. 
That's the beat drop, right? So if you've never experienced it, that's, that's what happens. Repeat that 10,000 times, and that's, that's a club, okay? So that's, that's the beat drop that everybody longs for. Now, there's this article in Vice. Again, not, this is not a Christian thing, but talking about this and saying there's this DJ who's, who's starting to do this thing that some people are getting frustrated with, and he doesn't drop the beat. So you've got this buildup, you've got this big buildup, and he doesn't ever drop the beat. We're talking about thousands of people, and he doesn't drop the beat. And so in Vice, they're writing about this, and here's what they say, because people are starting to get frustrated. And here's what this author says. Whether he knew it or not, talking about the DJ, he was delivering the beleaguered clubbers clubbers of amnesia, sounds like a club name, right? Uh, delivering the beleaguered clubbers of amnesia an insight into the true motions of life. It's talking about what happens with this DJ that doesn't drop the beat. Saying he's, he is delivering an insight into the true motions of life. For really, what is our existence? But one long buildup to the low-hanging realization that the drop will never come. That truly, we will never taste the rainbow's end. Call it cynicism wrapped up in the ever-hungry habits of the human condition, but we will always search, always reach further, even then when we do reach our perceived glories, they fade in a moment. Fireworks explode in a radiant shatter only to curl off into brief smoke and then nothingness. The movie that didn't live up to the trailer. This is talking, I mean, this is talking about from, I mean, it's basically what C.S. Lewis said, but talking about the clubs. Here's um, another video of someone experiencing this, and I think, you know, I think he's trying to be kind of funny, but, you know, you can laugh when you watch this, but also think about the reality that this is describing of what this author just said. That, I mean, that's, this DJ is doing this all over the place, and people are feeling like this guy, I think, is, you know, kind of sarcastically mocking it. But that's what, that's what, that's what Vice is saying. That's what C.S. Lewis is saying. That there's this hope, this waiting for the drop, this hoping that finally life gives us that, and it doesn't come. It doesn't come. Jesus says... Anyone who drinks of this water, anyone who looks for fulfillment and satisfaction and joy, anyone who looks for that anywhere, it's not ultimately going to happen. You're going to have to go after it again and again and again and again. You're going to have to keep going to the well. You're going to have to keep drinking. You're going to have to keep searching. You're going to have to keep finding, hoping that the drop comes, hoping that the water finally does fulfill. Now, what happens when you experience this? What happens? One of the things that can happen is we go, well, maybe, maybe I'm at the wrong club. One of the, maybe one of the things we do is maybe I've just got the wrong bucket. The problem isn't the water itself. The problem is my bucket. I need a bigger bucket. I need two buckets. I need, I need a better dropping technique to pull up the, the water. 
So, so what happens is we go, okay, so that relationship didn't fulfill, but it was the wrong relationship. I just need another relationship. That man didn't fulfill. I just need another man. That woman didn't fulfill. I just need another woman. That vacation wasn't fulfilling enough. I just need more money so I can have a better vacation. That job didn't fulfill. I just need to get promoted. I need a better job. And then the drop will come. And then the water will satisfy. And then I'll experience that fulfillment, that longing that I have. I just need something better. And we blame all the different things around us. But we know that doesn't work. We can go through our life a long time doing that. Another thing that sometimes people do is they just get cynical. They go, well, I mean, that's kind of what the vice uh, writer, she says, there is no drop, there is no rainbow's end, that's child's play. Maybe when we're younger, maybe when we're younger, we think there's some sort of fulfillment and satisfaction and joy that can happen, but when you get older, you start to grow out of that kid stuff and realize it's all fairy tales and you get cynical, and you get hard. And that's another strategy to deal with the fact that in the pursuit and in the search for the quality of life that we're looking for, if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't quite fulfill, if the steak doesn't quite taste as good as you hoped, if the mountains aren't quite as beautiful and majestic, or it wears off, and the relationship wasn't quite what you thought it would be, it didn't quite solve all your problems, maybe forget about it. We're just cynical. 